Welcome to Living Bread Radio Presents, a program designed to teach and evangelize about the Catholic faith through various speakers and presentations given in the local listening area. Today's show features Father Nicholas Mancini, a priest of the Diocese of Youngstown, Ohio, and his series, 100 Years of Fatima. Today's show is titled, The Rosary and the Third Message. And now, Father Nicholas Mancini. Welcome back as we continue the third message of Fatima. In looking at this message, we see that apostasy, error, the breakdown of family is the basis of this third message. And now we want to continue to analyze and look at this message in the limelight of its contents. There is even another view to this that we must look at as Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI recounts in revealing this third message. Then there is even justice to oneself. This consists of recognizing the life I have in Christ through baptism and my call to be his true disciple and witness. As St. Leo the Great, who was also a pope, put it many centuries ago, Christians, know your dignity. Once we know it, we must live it. This means seriously living a life of virtue, love, humility, mercy, chastity, patience, poverty in spirit, trust, and cheerful service. When we have done these things, we will be ready to see the fulfillment of Our Lady's promise of peace. We call her message at Fatima, Heaven's Peace Plan. In the outline of this plan, the Blessed Mother asked for four things. First, prayer, especially the daily rosary. Let's look at this for a moment. In the contents of this third message of Fatima. The rosary, as Our Lady points out, is a beautiful weapon against Satan. It's a weapon by which we can bring about a great change in the world, in ourselves, and a coming back to the fulfillment of the love of our Heavenly Mother Mary, in which she wants us to truly be. Thus, the rosary is a powerful way to defeat evil. Second, sacrifices for sinners. Do we offer for poor sinners prayer, understanding, encouragement. 
forgiveness and mercy. Remember Saint Faustina when she embraced Jesus. Jesus tells her, mercy is what I desire. I am the God of mercy, of forgiveness, of compassion and love. Thus, do we forgive one another? Do we offer sacrifices for sinners? Do we offer masses for the poor souls in purgatory, for our loved ones who have gone before us? Do we remember them? Do we remember to visit the graves of our loved ones? Do we remember to pray earnestly for them? Or is it a hit and miss way in which we think about them? All will go on Father's Day and Mother's Day or Memorial Day or All Souls Day and we forget the rest of the time. Their souls cry out for mercy for they long to see God, the souls in purgatory. Pray for them. Love them. Be part of them again in your life, for we shall see them again in the resurrection on the last day. Let us not forget them, but let us always remember them. Let us be a people of forgiveness to those who maybe have hurt us, offering the simple words, I forgive you. Third, the daily faithful fulfillment of our duties in life according to our vocation and specific situations. Do I truly live my vocation to which God has called me? Am I faithful to the commitment I have made? Husbands, love your wives. Wives, love your husbands. Children, obey your parents. Those who have dedicated themselves to the service of the church in a vocation of priesthood. Am I faithful in my priestly duties? my prayer life, offering the Mass, praying for the dead, anointing the sick, bringing the Eucharistic Christ to my flock through word and sacrament. Do I pray as I should? Those in consecrated life, do you follow the rules of the order by doing your apostolic work in faithful service to brothers and sisters in need. If my community is dedicated to the sick, do I understand their needs, their loneliness, their frustrations? Do I offer my prayers for them? Or if I am involved in teaching, do I give faithfully of my talents to my students, teaching them the truth, 
helping them to grow in faith and in knowledge and in wisdom through the power of the Spirit? Do I truly live my vocation by giving myself my time and my talents in the name of the Lord? If I live in the single state, do I give myself to others in my prayer, giving my talents to my job and my work in a way that I should? Do I offer myself to Jesus by volunteering in charitable organizations? Do I give service to others? Do I see Jesus in brothers and sisters who are in need? Fourth, the patient bearing of the trials and sufferings that come our way each day. Our Lady has told us that Jesus wants these things, and in fact, He needs them for the conversion of sinners. As she reminded the children, many souls are lost from God because there is no one to pray and sacrifice for them. When a great number of sinners have been converted, then peace will come. Many situations around the world today pose grave dangers to peace. Unstable countries are trying to secure nuclear weapons. The resurgent of extremist elements in Islam threatens the world's stability. The European Union's exclusion of God from its vision of life spells disaster. The widespread fostering of the culture of death must be stopped. The list goes on and on, but in spite of all these evils, there is hope in Our Lady's great promise. In the end, my immaculate heart will triumph. Russia will be converted and an era of peace will be given to the world. St. John Paul II reminded us the Church has accepted the message of Fatima by recognition of its conformity with the teaching of the Gospel. From her sanctuary at Fatima, Mary renews again today her pressing request. Let all the church listen to it. Let all mankind listen to it. Mary only desires the salvation of all her children according to God's providential plan. The beauty of Fatima then and the message of Our Lady is that her immaculate heart will help us to conquer the menace of evil which so easily takes root in the hearts of people today and whose immeasurable efforts already weigh down upon our modern world and seem to block the path toward the future. 
we say, from famine and war, deliver us. From the sins against the life of mankind, from its very beginning, from hatred, from apostasy and heresy, from a lack of respect for the Eucharist, a turning away from Christ, not going to Mass and keeping the Sabbath day, turning away from the Lord brings about evils in the world, a turning away from the dignity of man and woman brings destruction of family life. For God made them in his image and likeness, and we fail once again to understand the true meaning of this message. Once again, Our Lady, in this third message of Fatima, speaks about the request for the rosary. When we look back at Fatima for a few moments in that marvelous light, when the children prayed the rosary, they remained kneeling in that light that enveloped them. Then Our Lady made another request of them, pray the rosary every day to obtain peace for the world. The children in their innocence and simplicity and living far from the fields of battle would have understood little about the harsh realities of war. However, Our Lady's request that they daily pray the rosary for peace was the only request she repeated in all six of her apparitions to the three visionaries. How powerful this prayer must be if it can obtain peace for the world. We too need to put into practice Our Lady's request to pray the rosary daily for peace in our time and an end to the culture of death so prevalent today. Lucia said that Our Lady then began to rise very serenely in the direction of the east until she disappeared in the immense distance. The light that surrounded her seemed to be opened, a way for her amidst the stars. Lucia said it was like heaven opened to her. The serenity of Mary's presence was soon lost by her absence. Yes, the Rosary and Our Lady. Lucia reminds us of that beautiful request. Can we ever forget then in this third message that is being opened up to us and that was revealed how this message is so important in this 21st century? This third message of penance and the suffering of the church is now given to us 
to show, yes, we need to pray. We need to pray earnestly. Let us examine the various images the children saw and offer the church's official interpretation of them. The angel with the flaming sword. The first thing the visionary saw was an angel with a flaming sword. Here is how Sister Lucia described them. At the left of Our Lady and a little above, we saw an angel with a flaming sword in his left hand. Flashing, it gave out flames that looked as though they would set the world on fire. But they died out in contact with the splendor that Our Lady radiated towards Him from her right hand, pointing to the earth with His right hand, the angel cried out in a loud voice, Penance, penance, penance. Who is the angel? No specific angel is named, but we can see this angel as a symbol of God's punishment about to come upon the world for its sins. A flaming sword that could set the world on fire could indicate a tremendous war. Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI as prefect then of the Congregation for the Doctrine of Faith, when he was simply Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger, issued a theological commentary to help us understand the meaning of the third message. Here is his comment on the angel. The angel with the flaming sword on the left of the Mother of God recalls similar images in the book of Revelation. This represents the threat of judgment which looms over the world. Today the prospect that would might be radiated can be one that can be seen that the world might be reduced to ashes by a sea of fire no longer seems pure fantasy. Man himself, with his inventions, has forged the flaming sword. In one of his talks many years ago, the Venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen said that the United States and the Soviet Union, with their nuclear arsenals, had enough explosive power to destroy every person on earth. Today, many more countries have nuclear weapons. Imagine how much more explosive power exists in the world now. We are therefore always in danger of a nuclear holocaust. Our Lady intervenes, 
Sister Lucy said that the splendor radiating from Our Lady's right hand extinguished the flames from the angel's sword. Our Lady's intervention, therefore, is powerful enough to stop the chastisement of war. Throughout history, Mary has intervened to save Christians from defeat at the hands of an often far superior enemy. Her special weapon in these cases has been the rosary. Once again, the rosary is that powerful weapon to defeat evil. We look now again into this message in which penance, penance, penance was repeated by that angel. In that vision of the flaming sword, the angel pointed to the earth with his right hand and cried out in a loud voice again, penance, penance, penance. The angel's call to penance reminds us that God intervenes in the world when we do penance. What is the meaning of penance? We can see it in the Greek words, meaning change of heart or conversion. Metanoia in the Greek. This conversion is a real turning away from sin and towards God. When we are truly sorry for our sins, we try to conquer our bad habits and control our disordered passions. We willingly give up all those occasions of sin, the persons, the places, the things that lead us to offend God, as we saw in the pardon prayer that the angel of peace taught to the children, the purpose of penance is to help us believe, adore, and trust God. In this theological commentary, Cardinal Ratzinger focused on this. To save souls has emerged as the key word of the first and second parts of the secret. And the key word of this third part is therefore a threefold cry. Penance, penance, penance. Once again, let's repeat this because it is so important. The third message opens in this threefold cry. Penance, penance, penance. The beginning of the gospel comes to mind. Repent and believe in the good news as seen in Mark chapter 1 verse 15. To understand the signs of the times means to accept the urgency of penance, of conversion, of faith. This is the correct response to this moment of history, characterized by the great perils outlined 
in the images that follow. Cardinal Ratzinger, in this commentary on the third message, goes on to say, Allow me to add here a personal recollection. In a conversation with me, Sister Lucy said that it appeared even more clearly to her that the purpose of all the apparitions was to help people to grow more and more in faith, hope, and love. Everything else was intended to lead to this. Penance willingly embraced by us and achieved by the grace of God is our contribution to God's work of redemption. As St. Augustine once said, God made us without us, but he will not save us without us. We must choose in freedom and love to do what God wants us to do. In this way, we will please the Lord. Cardinal Ratzinger stressed the importance of our freedom. The future is not, in fact, unchangeably set, and the image which the children saw is in no way a film preview of the future in which nothing can be changed. Indeed, the whole point of this vision is to bring freedom onto the scene and to steer freedom in a positive direction. The purpose of the vision is not to show a film of a fixed future. Its meaning is exactly the opposite. It is meant to mobilize the forces of change in the right direction. Next time, we will continue with the third message of Fatima. May our Blessed Mother be with you, and may the Lord Jesus ever be at your side. God bless you. We hope that you've enjoyed this production of Living Bread Radio Presents. For an audio archive of this program, go to livingbreadradio.com and click on the programming menu. This has been a production of Living Bread Radio in Canton, Ohio. Join us again next week at the same time for more Living Bread Radio Presents.